I don't care who's first or who last, but I know that y'all just better rock this at the drop of a dime, baby. This is a Joe Rock Welcome to the Football Cypher here on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network. I'm Emery Hunter, czar of the playbook, and you can follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. I'm joined with my fellow analysts, Chris James, Gene Clemens, Teron Davenport, and Brandon Howard. You can follow Chris on Twitter at CJFlorida9, Gene at Gene Clemens, Teron at T Davenport underscore NFL, and Brandon at B Howard underscore 81. Make sure to subscribe to the Football Game Plan Podcast on iTunes. And leave us a five-star rating. Show us that you appreciate the analysis that we're giving you on this podcast. That's where you'll find all of our many different shows. You can also find them archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And finally, don't forget to check out and subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network on YouTube, located at youtube.com slash footballgameplan. And if you're not familiar to what a rap cipher is, it's a crowd that forms and freestyles as they pass the mic around but there won't be any rapping going on here it'll be exactly the same we'll pass the mic around and keep the football takes flowing so we're going to kick off our nfl team previews in the cypher and in this episode we'll take a look at the green bay packers and some of the biggest questions we have heading into the 2017 season brandon go ahead on and kick this one off all right so um yeah, with the Green Bay Packers, the thing that I always, you know, recognize and admired about this team is that they always seem to have their franchise quarterback kind of laying in wait. You know, they, they have that next guy always ready. So um, I was wondering, why don't more NFL teams follow that model? So one thing about the Green Bay Packers that it's like the Steelers with their coaches – you don't see many quarterbacks roll through Green Bay. They, they have extended periods of time at which they're the guy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been there for what feels like forever. Brett Favre was there forever. And underneath the surface, the guys that they draft consistently in later rounds, they've been able to coach him up, figure out whether or not this guy could play football. So I think other teams may try to but they run into panic mode. They haven't found their franchise quarterback, so they really struggle with the whole process of trying to actually nurture and groom guys underneath uh, the guy who is currently in place. So teams try, but they just can't do uh, what the Packers are, have been able to pull off. And I think Green Bay does a great job of just analyzing talent for what it is. You see them draft a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who – has the same mobility as a guy like Brett Favre that was able to get outside the pocket and make plays. You see them do the same thing with Brett Huntley. Um, even their Division three guy and Joe Callahan can do some things outside the pocket. Hell, Taysom Hill, the undrafted free agent out of BYU, was a tremendous prospect but kept getting hurt uh, at BYU. And he was once, at one point, what, a Heisman candidate? You know, but he kept getting injured and was really a key cog in that BYU offense. So, they recruit the same – I'm not recruit, but they scout the same type of prospect, and they do a good job of just getting guys that they feel as though can fit their scheme or what they like to do. They have a certain type, but they do a good job of picking that type, whether it's drafted or undrafted. They don't have a problem of going wherever and whenever because, look, you look at USC, BYU, Division three, Wesley College. So 
it doesn't matter where they find the talent. They do a great job of bringing the talent in. I agree. They do a great job of of knowing what type of quarterback they want to um, run their offense. But I also think that that comes at a price. Um, when you when you decide that you're going to have a quarterback of the future or the next man up in the fold, um, you usually have invested some type of legitimate draft pick um, in that guy, which means that that's one less position that you could have drafted that could actually be on the on the field for you. Um, let's make let's make no mistakes. I mean, the one thing that you can say about Green Bay is that their quarterbacks rarely get hurt. You know, they rarely get hurt to a level where um, a backup is needed for longer than maybe a game. And, and in Brett Favre's case, you had you had an unprecedented run of, of you know, stability at the quarterback position because that man just refused to miss games. So when you look at what they've done, yes, they have a guy that I, that I like in Brett Huntley. I think that he is um, – they're developing him in a way that it's going to be beneficial for him and for them in the future, but at the same time, could that have been another offensive lineman? Could that have been another running back? Could that have been another receiver, a weapon, somebody that um, Aaron Rodgers could throw the ball to, can hand the ball off to, or that could block for him so he didn't have to always constantly be on the run um, because of, of poor protection? Yeah, that's a good point. The picks that they've invested could have been another weapon. But the thing that I like about what they've done is they're not afraid to, to bring in somebody and their, their guys at quarterback aren't afraid of competition. We talked the other day about Joe Flacco and how he insisted that Colin Kaepernick doesn't come in because of his, you know, op- opposition to wanting to compete. So I think in this case, you have guys who are confident in their ability, guys who understand that they're firmly entrenched, as the the franchise quarterback and they have no problem with a guy coming in and and learning so to speak uh developing i think is a better way to put it while they play so uh, that that would be my case for it yeah and um you know i i think that what the packers do i mean i i really wish more teams would adopt that philosophy uh you know look at what the player does in college you know i think they don't overthink you know, what a quarterback can come into the NFL and do. And that's what I like about the Green Bay Packers. They got Brett um, Hundley in the fold right now. And, you know, I like what, what he did in the preseason last year. And so more teams get a chance to see what he can do. And then at some point in time, you never know. This is a team that might be engaging in some in some uh, Jimmy Garoppolo-like trade conversations in the future if Brett Hundley can't get into, onto the field in Green Bay. So, you know, while I understand what you were saying, Gene, about maybe that's another offensive lineman or maybe, well, you know what? If he performs and he looks good when called upon, other teams may come calling and then you get a, a grip of picks because of this quarterback that you had laying away. Absolutely. And that kind of leads me into my question. Uh, recently, we saw Derek Carr sign a, a large deal. He signed a five-year, $125 million contract with $70 million guaranteed. We've heard conversations of Kirk Cousins possibly getting 30 plus million a year. So my question is with how much better a guy like Aaron Rodgers is than those guys is Aaron Rodgers worth 50 mil or more a year. That's a great question. I think he absolutely is because out of the seven out of the nine years, he's been a starting quarterback in green Bay, single digit interception uh, interceptions he's thrown. 
his touchdown to interception ratio is just something that doesn't even make sense. 297 touchdown passes to 72 interceptions. It, it is really mind-blowing how outstanding he has been at the quarterback position. Again, seven out of the nine years he's been a starter. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, seven out of the nine years he's been a starter over 100-plus quarterback rating. So this guy is efficient. He's accurate. He's making great decisions with the football and he constantly has Green Bay in contention for the playoffs. They haven't had a lose. They had one losing season with him as a starting quarterback, and that was his first year when they went six and ten. So, this guy is the epitome of what you will look for in a fifty million dollar quarterback. So, I think he absolutely is. Um, I have to echo what Emery's saying. Um, I, I would just say, is there anyone in here in, in our group that doesn't think that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL? I think that we're all pretty much in agreement that that dude is phenomenal. Like, you can you can admire what Tom Brady does and and how his longevity and the fact that he's been able to do it with, you know, um, somewhat of a pedestrian um, offensive skill offensive skill weapons around him, um, with the exception of Randy Moss, you know, but you can't take away you can't take away what Aaron Rodgers is doing. This dude is putting up video game numbers like in real life like the, the the numbers that he puts up right now those are the things that you put up while playing madden and he's doing it for real um and so that that's impressive and and so if there's ever a guy especially when you factor in the green bay market is there is there a guy that's more that's more valuable to his organization than aaron Rodgers? because of how dogged and how um how how dedicated that green bay fan base is that 50 million dollars isn't going to be any sweat off of um off of the breadwinners in green bay and so i i mean <laughs> if 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 and this is no disrespect to Derek Carr it's no disrespect to well no it's it's some disrespect to to cousins i ain't gonna lie if cousins is getting money like that, if he's getting $30, $35 million, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, you're breaking the bank. You're rolling the Brinks, Brinks truck back. I need basketball money. And, and that's the way I'd be looking at it if I was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, comparatively speaking, he definitely should be paid that amount when you look at some of these other quarterbacks. And I think Gene made a, a perfect example of that with, with Kirk Cousins. Now, the thing I like about Aaron Rodgers, and it, it just seems like as long as you draft a certain character of, of player, at the receiver position, he's going to make it work. You know, the key is to allow these guys to catch the ball in stride, turn up field, and get the yak yardage. You notice they always get guys that have the ability to run after the catch, have, have some type of running back, either background or, or traits. And that's something that, you know, is a direct result of their guy's ability to hit them in stride. But then you also have to look at what Aaron Rodgers does. I mean, you, you basically don't don't need an offensive line because as soon as you get this guy uh, under pressure and you make him move off the pocket, he becomes e even more dangerous. And that's, that's something that, that you have to look at and his ability to throw from with, with accuracy from so many unorthodox launch points. I think that factors in also. So he alone just makes everything on the offense better. So if anybody's going to get that type of money, I definitely think Aaron Rodgers is the one. Absolutely. I mean, if you could give him 200 million, you'd give him 200 million. Um, you know, he he's like Gene said, he's deserving of basketball money. Um, 
you don't have the type of success in Green Bay without that guy. You know, and, and Aaron Rodgers is, in my opinion, the number one quarterback in the NFL. Uh, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, throwing on a run, standing in the pocket, delivering whenever he has to. Not afraid of, you know, pass rush at all. Outstanding feel in the pocket. You just you can't get much better than that, and he, he's deserving of $50 million and then some. You know, as Emory said statistically, his rookie season, he had 28 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. That's his worst season statistically. He also had the year they won a the Super Bowl, 28 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. They went on that tour at Super Bowl run. And the following year, 45 touchdowns and six picks. That's not even a real number. Like that's that's You couldn't do that on Madden, on all Madden. So – Leading into what Brandon just said about you give him $200 million, I heard this idea uh, put out there by uh, a, a famous coach, and I agree with it. I champion it. I think that there should be an amendment to how the NFL does their salary cap. Each team should be able to designate a player who doesn't affect their cap because guys like Aaron Rodgers, they're not in the stratosphere of some of the other competition level or a replacement level player quarterbacks demand a certain amount of money, but Aaron Rodgers is not a real quarterback and he should be able to be paid whatever a team would like to pay him and not pigeonhole the team into not being able to field the rest of the roster with some decent uh, pro bowl level talent in other places. So he's definitely worth 15, 50 million and probably more in my opinion. Yeah, his touchdown and interception ratio doesn't even make sense, man. And that following year after they won a Super Bowl, like you mentioned, Chris, 45 and 6, throwing over 550 passes to only throw six interceptions, that's Donovan McNabb-like as far as touchdown to interception ratio. That doesn't even make sense how many passes you have to throw. And let it be known, the Dallas Cowboys came back, had one of the greatest comebacks in playoff history, only to be beaten by the most accurate pass in football history. You couldn't throw a more perfect ball in that situation, rolling to your left Mm -hmm. to hit this dude in stride to where he can only catch the ball to knock off the Cowboys. Again, it doesn't make sense. Cook could drop it. It, Right, exactly. (laughs) He put it where Cook couldn't. If Cook didn't catch it, his his spleen did. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He hit him right in the hip. I was like, my goodness. You couldn't be mad at that if you were Dallas. So, But the reason why they didn't go on to the Super Bowl because a lot of people thought that maybe this team is a little bit more one-dimensional. They have great receiver talent. I don't understand how people think they're weak at receiver or tight end. They have tremendous talent on the perimeter. A lot of people think that they're weak at running back. So in the draft and in free agency, do you feel as though Green Bay got better in the offseason at the running back position? I definitely think they got better, Emery. Um, like, how could you not? I actually, you know, what? quite honestly, I don't, I think if, if Green Bay didn't draft or address the running back position um, this offseason, I think they would have they would have gotten better um, just by allowing Ty Montgomery to um, develop fully as a running back um, and not just have him as a guy who was changing positions, you know, in the middle of the year and still trying to kind of find his niche, find what. Um, how he was going to be able to make money for them as a running back. And so now with him having a, a full offseason under his belt, working exclusively as a running back, I think that he was going to have a much better year um, as it is. And I know you guys will, will touch on all the other guys, but for me, if you're just serviceable 
as a running back with Aaron Rodgers next to you, um, it's going to be a it's going to be a good year for you because you know you're going to get running lanes to run through. Yeah, and I definitely think they got better. You look at the two guys that they drafted, Jamal Williams. That's a guy, uh, you know, Emery, uh, Brandon, we've talked about him extensively, and he's a guy that, that you know, we like. And you look at Aaron Jones, he's another one that is a solid running back. And when you look at these two, these are guys that can also catch the ball out the backfield. So you still have that option when guys like Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, you know, when they're – uh, attracting all of the coverage, you have that check down that, that you could go to and a guy that will get you yards. And just having Ty Montgomery for a full offseason to switch over to running back, they got better without a doubt. Absolutely. And um, I definitely believe the Packers got much better uh, at the running back position. Just with the acquisition of Jamal Williams in the draft, um, selecting him, he's such a smooth runner. Um, you know, his vision, his feel, uh, his feel for the cutback lane, I, I really – am a fan of his. I, I watched him for, you know, about a good two years uh, at BYU. And um, I just remember having conversations with Emory about him uh, coming out. And this is a team that really needs a steady performer at the running back position. I don't believe that Ty Montgomery is that guy at running back. Yes, you want him. You want him on the field, you know, because he can make a play for you. But to just have him back there at running back, down in, down out, that that's not going to be a strength for Ty Montgomery. Um, you know, he, he's been down there. He's been working, uh, you know, to get his footwork a little bit better. Uh, I, I know I saw him uh, go to Footwork King down in Texas, and he's working to get better with that. But I just – I don't see him as a natural running back. Uh, Jamal Williams is going to be the guy that's really going to help this team carry the load on the ground, I believe. I think they've gotten better. A few things about getting better – for the last three years, the Green Bay Packers have been amidst of two guys who literally refuse to stay healthy, and James Starks and also Cheeseburger Eddie. So now they have they have youth in there, getting Jamal Williams, getting Aaron Jones, and yes, Ty Montgomery improving. I think Ty Montgomery is actually a good running back option for how the Green Bay Packers currently have their offense constructed. But they have two more traditional guys who are used to picking out holes. Ty Montgomery is a good running back for Green Bay because in space and with the ball in his hands, he's able to make great things happen. He just – the game of finding holes and picking up blocks, those nuanced portions he doesn't have yet. Luckily, Green Bay doesn't need those with how good Aaron Rodgers is at doing what he does. This backfield became very dangerous because now they have home run hitters at the one, two, and three position no matter how you want to shuffle them. I agree because you look at Ty Montgomery, him in the backfield just – allows you to continue to have that receiver element because I still think he's a true receiver to echo Brandon's point. So now if you go out there with three wides, you're still out there technically with four wides if you have Ty Montgomery in the backfield, which gives you an instant mismatch. So when you look at Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, two dynamic runners in between the tackles, guys with the ability to take one deep, I think that instantly improves your running game. They brought in five runners uh, this offseason, uh, three via the draft, two via un undrafted free agency. And I think I, I had no idea who the hell Devontae Mays was when they drafted him in the seventh round. So I'm not even talking about him. I'm thinking about William Stanback. You all remember him from Central Florida when he split time with Storm Johnson as right. a true freshman. So Stanback played his his uh, remaining eligibility at Virginia Union, a Division II program where he was the Division II Offensive Player of the Year, I'm sorry, the Conference Player of the Year, the CIAA. So I think he has a chance to be that third back or a fourth back in this backfield. And those three guys, in my opinion, definitely upgrades this rushing attack.
it's interesting, Emery, when you when you think about us, and right now we're talking about the the Packers and everything kind of seems to evolve around Aaron Rodgers and and how he he's essentially the son, and everything is going to work off of how hot he's burning. Um, I, I think I, I find it ironic because you hear so much on on um, on football Twitter that the the football game plan crew is somehow um you know afrocentric if you will when it comes to the quarterback position and yet we're all sitting here talking about Aaron Rodgers you know is the best quarterback in the league and um I'm not really personally I I can't really put too many in history ahead of him um right now and it brings me up to a to a to a great question and a great debate um one that's probably going on on a regular basis in Green Bay right now is Aaron Rodgers has he has he surpassed um, Brett Favre? I I think he has to be honest with you. I, I just look at the the interceptions that Brett Favre would have. I mean, he'll get you big plays, but he also will he'll turn that football over, and that's something that you don't have with Aaron Rodgers. But then, additionally, I think Aaron Rodgers is much better than Brett Favre throwing on the move, and I, I don't know if there's a, a quarterback that's better than 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 uh, Aaron Rodgers ever when it comes to, you know, throwing on the move. You, you look at some of the things that he's able to do. So I agree with, with what you're saying there, Tarana. Brett Favre, you know, we, we know what he was about and the, the big arm, you know, gunslinger mentality that everybody loves. Um, but the interceptions he threw, man, uh, some of them were just unconscionable, you know, and it's just like, dude, what, what were you looking at? And, you know, you have to, you have to, you know, you can't play scared at the quarterback position. You have to go out there and try to make the play. Um, you know, because there's so many plays to be made. But at the same time, uh, this man, you know, he threw so many interceptions. There's there's no way that, you know, I can put him ahead of Aaron Rodgers at this point in time. Aaron Rodgers throws the football as much and just makes better decisions down in and down out. And he's constantly going to put your team in the best position to succeed. And that's what, you know, NFL teams did not get from Brett Favre, even though he is – you know, a, a, a great, he's an NFL great. He's clear cut hall of famer, but at the same time, um, you know, you have to, you have to put Aaron Rodgers. in my opinion, you have to put Aaron Rodgers ahead of Brett Favre. So this is an interesting question. I'm going to actually stick up for Brett Favre just a little bit early in Brett Favre's career with the green Bay Packers. And this was during a time when people just threw more interceptions. Brett Favre had a stretch where these are his following numbers. 33 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. 38 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. 39 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. 35 and 16. Early in his career, Brett Favre doesn't get the credit that he deserves for what he used to do, throwing on the run, making decisions in an, a time when it wasn't as offense-centric and the rules were not built to make it easier for the receivers and the quarterback. Then at the end of his career and throughout that, he kind of lost his way and he became that gunslinger who just really made horrible decisions. So has he passed, has Aaron Rodgers passed Brett Favre? As a quarterback, yes, I think he's much better. In the minds of the Packers nation and in other people's minds, you know, being the Iron Man, I don't know, it's going to be hard for Aaron Rodgers to defeat that portion, that myth, that legend. Uh but in my mind, he's a better quarterback, so I think he's still writing his book. Remember, he's only 33, so by the time he retires, he might be able to overtake that legend that Brett Favre was from a, a how people see him standpoint. 
But from a quarterbacking standpoint, purely he is better, but let's not just completely discount what Brett Favre did early in his career. See, I think I think we can like both guys. I think mm-hmm. both guys have a place. You know, Favre was great, and I just think Aaron Rodgers is a bit greater. And that legend tends to happen over time. Uh, and the Saints can quite honestly thank uh, Brett Favre for their Super Bowl victory because he threw the most ill-advised pass in conference championship history, throwing back across his body over the middle of the field, which led to an interception. But when you look at Aaron Rodgers, you're just like, man, this dude – He's never rattled. He's always calm. He is the most accurate passer I've seen in football, period. And I just think that he is the best. He's better than Brett Favre. But you can like both at that position. You can appreciate what Brett Favre did. I like the fact that Brett Favre wasn't scared. Um, I like Aaron Rodgers because he's not scared at all, but he's also more mobile. So they're two different players. They're both great. I just think Aaron Rodgers is, is better. And if I had to – take a guy for a last minute drive as much as I've I've I like Favre and that legend has grown and Favre would try to make that throw I, I feel a little bit more comfortable quite honestly with, with Aaron Rodgers well it's interesting because for, for as much as we and, and other people try to make them seem so different they have a lot of similarities they walk around with that swagger um they both think they can make every single throw like I don't think I've ever seen a throw that Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre didn't think that they could make. Um, and, and they do. They will put the ball in some questionable spots. Um, I do. I, I agree with Chris. I think that Aaron Rodgers is helped by the fact that offenses have been granted this new gift of you can't touch the quarterback, you can't touch the wide receivers, and therefore making it a lot, a lot easier to take chances and throw them into windows. I look at the year, um, Emory, you, you touched on it. I look at the year that Brett Favre had with the Vikings um, when they when they should have gone to um, the Super Bowl and he threw that ridiculously terrible pass um, that was picked off versus, versus, um, versus, versus the, the Saints. And what I look at is during the season, that was one of his most accurate, most ball-conscious seasons. And he was like 40. You know, like I mean, on so when we when we when we talk about the legend of Brett Favre, we don't have to act as if we're we we are we are somehow embellishing who he was. Um, he was every bit of a, a, a football gangster when it came to you know slinging the rock. But I have to give the props where props do it, and I'm a guy who I've, I've always said I don't have to wait until the end of a career. To, to crown somebody, if I think they're better, I'm just going to call them better. And I think the fact that Aaron Rodgers does what Brett Favre does, but he does it with just a little bit more care for the ball, a little more accuracy, but still that gunslinger, playmaker, throw the ball up where you probably shouldn't throw the ball up um, type, of, type of swagger. You you have to admire that, and that's why he's been able to make a lot of Green Bay Packers fans not really miss Brett Favre. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think we've pretty much beat this Aaron Rodgers thing to death. Uh, we are talking about the Packers, so let's, let's look at something else besides Aaron Rodgers. So my question is this. Looking at the defense, is Clay Matthews still their best defensive player? Um, at this point, I believe it, it's it's hard to argue otherwise. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of good players they have on their on their roster, especially I like what they have in the secondary, but those guys are relatively young. You know, um, I like Ladarius Gunther. Um, I like the rookie that they got, uh, Kevin King. I think he has a world of potential. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of there's a lot of talent on there. Uh, Quentin Quentin Rollins. Uh, he, he, you know, in college was a ball hawk. Uh, came over from playing basketball. You know, big fan of his. So I love what they have in the secondary. However, um, it's just there's a lot of young younger guys, a lot of youth on that roster, and it's hard to tell what they're going to become. So right now, just by default, I think you do have to say, um, you know, that that he is the best player right now. I think he's still their defensive captain and their go-to, but I don't think he's the best football player on their defense. I think there's two safeties who are actually more talented, but they're still coming to their own, and uh, Clinton Dix, and also I like Morgan Burnett. Mm-hmm. The guy who I think is the actual best player on their defense is up front. He controls gaps and makes sure that anyone who's playing behind him is Mike clean, Daniels. and that's Mike Daniels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he makes things much easier for this Packers defense in some respects than it would be because some other guys, they do a, a pretty good job like Nick Perry, but what Daniels does to make the job easier for those guys is underrated because he doesn't put up the type of statistics some other guys may put up. See, I I, I like Clay Matthews, but something about him that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way as far as – because I still have that that – part in my mind that he cheated as far as like with the steroids or performance enhancing drugs. So never really got over, over that. And I think that's, it's a shame because he has been productive despite playing outside and also inside. But I, I would have to say Morgan Burnett is their best defensive player. When he was out of the lineup, you saw a significant difference in how they were able to, to cover or how they were able to play when he's out there healthy, he makes a huge difference in, in their football team, he's a strong safety by definition, but can match up versus tight ends, versus some wide receivers, can play in the deep third. So I think because of his flexibility and his ability to make plays on a ball, whether it's knocking it away or picking it off, I like Morgan Burnett as their best defensive player. Well, I, I think it's interesting because I would I would argue if you look back at the history of the of the Packers defense, when was Clay Matthews ever their best defensive player was he was did he get a lot of sacks yes um i don't think he's ever been in the top five top you maybe even top 10 in tackles except maybe one year he had 120 something tackles i don't know where he fell that year but um you look at what he does and to me he's always been his 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 thing has always been a pass rush specialist and for for me, it points to the the inflation that the sack gets in the NFL. Because if you get a sack, it's almost like, well, but damn him getting 15 tackles in a game. This guy got one and a half sacks, and so he he's awesome. Um, or or like some of the arguments that you have for other guys who don't get as many sacks and they play linebacker, and then you look at the Pro Bowl, and the Pro Bowl is full of all of these three, four outside linebackers who are essentially defensive ends like Clay Matthews um, was before he got moved to middle linebacker. Um, So I look at that and I go, I don't know if, I don't think he's the best player now. Um, I'm inclined to roll with a a young guy like Clinton Dix, who I think is going to have a breakout year this year. Um, Burnett, yes. Um, I think in the past couple of years, Julius Peppers has been just as, 
you know, has wreaked just as much havoc as anybody on that defense, even at his advanced age. So, no, I don't think Clay Matthews is their best defensive player, but I don't, I don't think he's ever been their best defensive player. Yeah, I'm going to say that he's not their best defensive player. I, I will go in the secondary, and uh, I'm going to go at HaHa Clinton Dix. And I just like what he brings to the table as far as his range, his ability to come up and support against the run. I mean, he does everything that you want a safety to do. So I think Clinton Dix would be the guy that, that would be their best defensive player now and in the future. And we went around the gambit talking about their offense, their defense. So I have to go around the gambit once again to think – to ask you guys, where do you feel as though they're going to finish this season in the NFC North? So starting with you, Brandon, where do you have the Packers finishing in this division? Yeah, I definitely have them finishing first. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see anyone in the division that's really even sniffing them at this point in time. And as long as you got Aaron Rodgers back there dealing, you know, uh, it's going to be a hard team to overcome. Uh, have them finishing first. And other than maybe New England's gap between one and two, this will probably be the second largest gap between one and two in a division this upcoming year. I'm inclined to, to say Green Bay is going to finish number one, but I will say this. They were, they were supposed to finish number one the last few years, and it's been a pretty tight race in the, in, in the North. So I'm not going to count out Detroit, and I'm not going to count out the Vikings. I think that Green Bay wins it, but they'll win it much closer than what people think. Me personally, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Sam Bradford. I, I'm going with the Packers, man. I think the Packers would <laughs> definitely be the, the team that, that wins this division. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. You guys already have my prediction. But this was one of the more competitive divisions last year between Minnesota, Detroit, and Green Bay. So we'll see how it shakes out. So that's it for this episode of the Football Cypher. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. For Chris, Gene, Brandon, and Teron, I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and this is has been the Football Cypher on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network.